Good morning, and I'm grateful to be studying the Psalms with you again this morning. Well, let's turn to Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Well, the theme or focal point of Psalm 113 is found in the middle verse, verse 5. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high? The expected answer to that question is clearly no one. There's no one like our God. No one or nothing compares. God is in a category all His own. And when we've stated all we know about God and we've used the best terms we can use, it's still inadequate. For example, we can say God is like a loving father or a loving mother, and God is. But those descriptions are inadequate. For the best of mothers and fathers can never love to the extent uh, God loves. We can also speak of what God has done. He is our creator, for example, he, or God is our savior. But we can never say enough, or we can never say it completely. Psalm 113 describes God. And it shares beautiful things God has done. But in the end, I suspect the psalmist knew all too well that his words, though beautiful and accurate, could never completely describe God. For there is no one like our God. Psalm 113 uh, is the first of six psalms in a category some scholars refer to as the Egyptian Hallel. Hallel is the Hebrew word for praise, and these psalms are referred to as the Egyptian Hallel, for Psalm 114 begins with the exodus from Egypt. These psalms, Psalm 113 to 118, were sung at the Feast of Dedications, the Feast of the New Moons, and at the Passover. And Psalm 113 begins and ends with, Praise the Lord. Well, the opening stanza, verses 1 to 3, repeatedly calls on us to praise the Lord. And then the second two stanzas do just that, as the Lord Jehovah is praised for being high above the nations, looking down on the heavens and the earth, raising the poor and the needy, and even giving barren women children. Uh, you may have noticed that in each of the opening three verses, we're called upon to, to praise or to bless the name of the Lord. Names in the ancient world uh, meant even more than they do today. They were believed to disclose something of the character of the person. Uh, God sometimes gave people names that spoke of their destiny. For example, Abraham meant the father of nations. And of course, Abraham's descendants uh, did become many. And it was through Abraham that all the nations were blessed, for Jesus uh, was a descendant of Abraham. But the call here in Psalm 113 to praise the name of the Lord is a call to praise the one true God. 
The God who revealed Himself in creation. The God who revealed Himself in His commandments and in His Word. And ultimately, the God who revealed Himself in Jesus. And what is so amazing to the psalmist and what he wants to praise God for is that though God is high above us, for some reason, He has chosen to look down and see us. And He doesn't look down at us as in a negative way. Rather, He looks down so that He can raise us up. Let me read verses uh, 4 to 7 again. The Lord is high above the nations and His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? And He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. The psalmist goes on to say that God has even caused the poor and needy to sit with princes. And He's even given barren women children. H.G. Leopold, in his commentary, says, God has done two things, each of which seem to make the other impossible. He has taken His seat so high that no one can match Him. And yet, He has regard for the lowliest of the low, in that He looks down so far. The New Testament goes even farther and reminds us that God not only looked down, but God came down to lift us up. Philippians 2, beginning with verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There is nothing more marvelous than what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. God has come down to be one of us. God has come down to experience all the frailties of our life. God has come down because God loves us and wants to save us. You know what? This morning we may feel downtrodden, but all we need to do is to look up for our salvation comes down from God. Oh, let us praise the Lord and bless the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore because the Lord looks down and He sees us and He blesses us and He grants us salvation. Let's praise Him now. Oh Lord, we do praise You and we bless Your name. Thank You that You came down to save us. Thank You that You saw our lowly state and You refused to leave us in it. Thank You for salvation in Jesus. Thank You that You see us now and You understand the trials we are facing, for You too have faced them. Lord, some of us are surely keenly aware of our lowly state even now. We're struggling. We're hurting. We may even be at the end of ourselves and our resources. So, Lord, encourage us to look up. To look up and receive Your healing and Your salvation. 
May your name be blessed and praised today and forevermore. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. Goodbye.